Jesus with the doubting empiricist, if you will, from John chapter 20, verses 24 to 31. Hear the word of God. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. This is after the resurrection and the passage before it records Jesus coming and appearing to the disciples after his death. Uh, but Thomas was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it on my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, If you believe because you have seen me, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And John kind of gives the purpose and conclusion of uh, the gospel here, our preliminary conclusion. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Let's pray and ask God's blessing on our time. Uh, Lord, our God, we thank you that you speak to us in your word, uh, that you speak to us of your son, uh, of your grace, of your mercy, of our needs and how you have met them in Christ. Uh, Lord, uh, we come tonight even with doubts, uh, we come with questions, we come with struggles, things that we wouldn't want to talk about. Uh, Lord, we come uh, worn out. Um, distracted by the things that are going on uh, even at the end of the semester uh, Lord, we come in guilt uh, knowing that we don't really we don't really have a right to walk into your presence or speak to you or hear from you on our own and yet Lord we uh, seek to come now through the blood of Christ uh, and ask that according to the promise of your word uh, you would be with us you would speak to us through your word it would not return to you void we ask that it would accomplish our good things in us uh, tonight. Lord, I ask that you would watch over the things that I would say that they would be uh, from you, uh, true and Christ exalted. And Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So Jesus with the uh, doubting empiricist, um, or, or just Jesus with the, the doubter, uh, empiricist maybe, you know, it's a college word, right, or maybe it's just a philosophy word, um, I, I, I like it that way, but um, you can just say doubt if you want. Jesus is speaking with one who has a fundamental uh, doubts, even about the gospel. There's a lot of things that we have doubts about. Uh, some of you have doubts about whether or not man actually walked on the moon, I mean, if you've seen some of the footage of the Hollywood studios. It looks remarkably similar to the footage shot from the moon. Uh, maybe not, but you may doubt that you really have to go to class on, uh, on Wednesday or Tuesday. You doubt if the professor is actually going to take attendance right before Thanksgiving. Can they, how could they really be that cruel, right? Um, you may not believe this, but I, I have some doubt that the Gators will defeat the Knowles this year. I don't, I don't think it'll, it may be improbable, but, uh, but I'm holding out hope uh, that the Knowles, the Knowles can do it. Um, at the same time, I'll admit I have some doubt that we'll win on, on Saturday. I, I'm hoping for it, but uh, I still have some doubts. 
Um, but our, our doubts affect our behavior uh, as well. Things that, that we, are you going to go to the game, right? Are you going to go excited? Um, are you going to try to scramble and buy a ticket to the, to the UF game? Are you going to attend class on Tuesday or Wednesday? That's what you, what you think will, will happen. And some of our doubts are, are more significant than others. There are even a lot of things in Scripture that we have doubts about, religious doubts, gospel doubts even. What are, you know, the whole story of creation, is, is this what God's done? Or the, the flood of prophecies and scriptures of things that don't happen until uh, hundreds of years later, or even this in the New Testament, 5,000 people who were fed from a few fish and pieces of bread, like, right, is that, we can, we can struggle with that. One that, that, was, uh, that came from water, or more significantly in the gospel, uh, a dead person being made live, alive again. Kind of things we can struggle with. God becoming man in the flesh. Uh, Jesus returning. Or even just whether God exists, uh, whether he cares, whether he'll do anything. Uh, we have those doubts. Those doubts we would affirm or talk about or doubts from, that we see from our behavior. Uh, scripture makes big claims. Uh, the gospel makes big promises. It's hard for us to, to believe. It even speaks of unusual things. I would say in some senses, if you, if you don't ever doubt, then you don't ever believe either. If you don't ever doubt, then you've never really thought about the things that Scripture is talking about. It's saying, what can that be true? How can these things uh, be true? If you don't ever doubt, you don't ever really believe. But, but what do you do with your doubts? Sometimes we have that doubt and then we just reject that thing as totally, like, we're not sure that it's true, so we reject it completely, outright. Or we, we have doubts about it, so we, um, we pretend that it's just the way we want it to be, right? Um, the Noles definitely are going to win against UF because I want them to, so I'm sure of it, right? Uh, we just pretend things are the way we want them to be. Or yeah, maybe with other things, we just kind of ignore the whole subject and hope that it doesn't matter uh, because we're not, not sure what will happen or what it, what it means. We're going to look at two points uh, from this passage. Um, doubts expressed. Um, and doubts expelled. We're going to look first at why Thomas uh, didn't believe um, as, as he's speaking with the disciples, and then why Thomas uh, did believe. But for the doubts that are in your mind and your heart and your life, uh, even right now, the things that you uh, struggle with, be encouraged. Um, because Jesus speaks with those who doubt. Jesus speaks of those who doubt and struggle with those who are supposed to already know and have it all together. This is, this is one of the twelve, right? He was there with Jesus. He heard all of these things. If anyone was supposed to know and be expecting this, Thomas was among them. Uh, and still, Jesus comes to him in his doubt to speak with him. Jesus speaks with those who say, I will never believe. It's a doubt, right? But I will never believe. That's Thomas's words. I will never believe unless all these other conditions are not. Um, but be encouraged. Jesus comes to speak uh, with the doubting and empiricist with us who doubt, and he can deal with your doubt uh, and give you assurance of himself. Are you willing uh, for Jesus to speak with you? He does, even through his word. Uh, doubts expressed. Uh, why didn't Thomas believe? Uh, Thomas expresses his, his doubts. They're not, they're not repressed. Uh, they're not suppressed. Um, no, Thomas was wrong in his doubts, but, but notice how that he, he talks about them. Um, he's, 
you got to appreciate, he's going against the, the social consensus of the apostles, the social consensus of his friends who he's trusted, who are Jesus' uh, closest uh, trusted followers. And it would have been far easier for him to ignore them or be like, all right, these guys, I mean, I'm sad about losing Jesus too, but these guys have lost it. Um, I've got to get out of here. This is just, this is just going too far, right? It would have been far easier for him to, to do that or just pretend like, okay, guys, yeah, that's, that's really great. You're struggling. I'm struggling too. This is how you're dealing with it. I can go along with that story for now. Just pretend that he thought it was true to, to fit in. Uh, he's going against the social consistence around him. I mean, it would have been great if Thomas actually did believe. That would have been appropriate. That would have been uh, great. But, but he didn't believe. Um, and he expresses his trouble with it. He talks about it. I think we are often very afraid of, of expressing doubt. Uh, I'm saying if there's things that Scripture talks about or, or things that, uh, that, that God claims are true, that we don't really believe. Well, we believe it, but we're not sure that we believe it. Or, I know that I believe it, but I, it doesn't affect the way, uh, the way I live and my behavior. I don't want you to know that I'm really not sure if this is really true. Well, we're afraid of being wrong and expressing our, our struggle with beliefs of things. We're afraid, afraid of talking about it. Um, I think it's significant for us to be able to, to express that and express it appropriately uh, only before God. But, <clears throat> Uh, for me, that was extremely significant uh, in my life growing up. I remember going to a uh, uh, early high school, uh, going to a summer camp, RYM, and they had a, a seminar uh, that I forget the whole title, but it had something about doubts in it. And, and I totally perked up, and I was like, really, there's a, there's a seminar on doubts. Like, I'm definitely going to sign up with that. I don't want my youth director or other people in the youth group to know that I'm signing up for that one, but, but I, need to, I need to hear that. I was... I was brought up in the church. My parents were Christians. My dad was a pastor. I, I knew I was supposed to be a Christian, um, but I didn't know if I was a Christian. I wasn't sure how you know if you're a Christian. Because I also knew I was supposed to be good. And, well, there was, there was things that were a struggle there. What, what did this mean? How do, I, how do I go through that? And there would be such a relief for him just to talk through these various doubts and even to say, like, listen, if you don't know if you're a Christian, go. He's like, Talk to your pastor, talk to your director, talk to your parents. I remember him saying, you think that if you talk to someone about this, um, that would be the scariest thing that we're going to reject you and say, how could you doubt this? Um, but you're being open with them, and they're going to be excited for the opportunity to speak about these things, to continue to talk about it. Uh, the point is that having doubts means you should look into those doubts. Um, if you have questions, you should ask those questions and look for the answers uh, to it. Um, be brought to assurance through those doubts rather than just repressing it or suppressing it or pretending that everything is the way you'd like for it to be. There are lots of people at FSU uh, with religious doubts, um, with gospel doubts. I don't think it'd be a stretch to say the majority of the campus uh, or more than that. And some of those with, uh, with, with doubts are diligently involved in church, uh, diligently involved in campus ministry, and they're they're suppressing any confusion about it and going, I'm not sure what's going on, but, but I've got to just keep things going. Others are getting drunk, getting high, and just indulging in, in everything that FSU uh, has, to, uh, has to offer. Um, 
Flush your towel. Ask questions. Look for the answers. I'm excited for FSU uh, and, and that majority of the population struggles with doubt because Jesus speaks to those who doubt and who struggle and who don't know. And he was saying, I'll never believe unless it meets all the things that I think it should meet. Here he is and he appears there to Thomas to speak to him uh, in his doubts. Uh, but why is it that Thomas doubted? Why, why didn't he believe uh, what the other apostles are saying, we have seen the Lord, that he is raised from the dead. There's, there's other beliefs. Right? There's other beliefs that Thomas holds that keep him from believing the disciples' witness. He says, I'll never believe that because it can't be possible in the way that I think about things. Um, uh, Thomas's doubts, uh, bear with me, right? Uh, empiricist, naturalist, and, and, and independent. You don't, you don't have to know those things, but let's talk about it. Uh, and empiricist just means like uh, that the truth is verified by the senses. If I can't see it, smell it, taste it, uh, hear it, or feel it, then it isn't. Or at least I can't say that it is. You know, maybe there's a God, but I can't, I can't see God. I don't hear God, I can't taste God, there's no like odors that I'm associating with, this must be a God. I can't say that there is a God, I can't feel, it's not tangible uh, to me. Um, this is Thomas, right? Unless I can see him a lot, unless I can take my finger and put it in the holes of the nails of the one who died and, and to feel, see him now living and feel those wounds and say, here he is, and unless all those things are true, there's no way, I will never uh, believe that. Um, he, he believes that truth has to be verified by the census that way. He, he, he believes that truth has to fit in with the, norm, with the natural, normal world. He's a, he's a naturalist, uh, if you will. Um, not like a botanist naturalist that just goes around. But the, but the universe is governed by a consistent natural laws, and that's how things always work, that the world always works out. Anything outside of that is not possible. So, so miracles are, are not possible. Water doesn't become wine. So when the scripture says the water became wine, they just like switched it or, or something. But, they, but it's not possible for that to happen. That's not the way the world normally works, and so it, so it didn't happen. Or, or you have people coming from that view that then come up with these very strange things. They still continue in with the Bible, but they're like, yeah, Jesus walking on water. It was actually this strange east wind that sometimes blows and could build up these sandbars. Like, this, like there's people who've written scholarly articles on these things. That Jesus was walking in the water because he was actually walking on a long sandbar, you know, out there. And you're like, okay, you're missing the point. You're trying to make it. Let's <laughs> come from this whole view. If it's not the way the world naturally is, it's not. If it's, <clears throat> um, then, then it's, if it's not that natural world, then it doesn't exist. God isn't. God isn't naturally absorbable. Uh, observable, right? Um, God's not natural, he's, he's supernatural, or miracles are supernatural, because God doesn't exist, and miracles can't happen. Um, or to put it more plainly, people are dead, they stay dead. They don't just, they don't just come alive again. And they don't come alive in a, in a, in a uh, that, didn't, that didn't happen. Paul is expressing his confidence that Jesus, God, the reason he's saying it this way, he's like, unless I could put my, my fingers in the holes of his hand and my hand uh, on his side, um, the, the very marks that killed him, unless I saw that and saw him alive, dead people don't come back to life, guys. What are you talking about? Um, I won't believe it. Um, more than this, even Thomas is, uh, is independent, right? I mean, you've got to admit the other disciples have they've been able to verify their experience by seeing Jesus, uh, by watching him eat fish and, and talking with him, uh, etc. But, uh, but 
And Thomas's view is, uh-uh, something, something that doesn't fit with everything else, I have to see it for myself, with my own eyes, with my own hands. My truth will only be uh, affirmed where I've determined it. Um, you've seen it, heard it, thought it, but I, but I can't trust you. Um, unless my eyes, my hands, he says, I'll never believe. And to be fair, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, would you believe your friends if they told you that someone who was dead was alive again? Like I, I would I'd struggle with that. Um, though Jesus had said, go into Jerusalem. And to be crucified, handed over, I die, and the third day I'll rise again. He's told them uh, this. The rest of Scripture has prophesied this. Uh, but Thomas is saying, unless, unless I can verify it of myself, I won't, I won't allow any other ways of truth to, for it to come to me. Those are Thomas's doubts. Our doubts maybe are similar to Thomas's. Maybe they're, maybe they're different. Um, definitely other things alongside of it. Um, maybe, maybe for you even, Jesus is being dead and then coming alive again is that's assembly block. That's that's the center of the gospel. That's what it's all about. How how it sums up in First Corinthians 15 and other places. Um, and that's too much for you to think it's really true. Um, I mean, if if you could have seen it for yourself, you would believe it, right? Uh, but then, I mean, the historical witnesses there, First Corinthians 15, 500, he's appeared to 500 people all at once. When Paul is writing it, he's like, many of those people are still alive, go ask them. Uh, disciples, witnesses to it was one of, here, this is verifiable fact, go, go and search it out. Maybe you feel like if it could, you know, if it could be repeated, uh, the natural thing, whatever happens, it can also happen again, it has to be, uh, you know, repeatable. Uh, then it wouldn't exactly be a significant uh, thing, a once-for-all act. Can you do that again for me? Um, or if Jesus appeared in the room with you, that's what you need in order to believe it. Um, we talk that way, and yet, I mean, so much else of, uh, of what we believe isn't, isn't things that we've, haven't been to Japan. I believe that Japan exists, right? I mean, like, there's enough different things we believe on the basis of other people and what they've said, uh, but here he's saying, no, that's not enough. I won't, I can never uh, believe these things. Um, other, uh, other doubts maybe coming for us outside of that, just to say, how can God be true? When life is hard, when things are messed up, how can God really be there? Uh, we're, we're kind of assuming that God exists to make our life easier. Make it easy now. Um, we feel like it can't be the God of the Bible um, because the God of the Bible only saves in Jesus and condemns others. I mean, every, every year, every semester I have conversations with people about that, that, can't be, that can't be a God that I would worship or who's real, that he only saves those in Jesus and con- condemns others. That's not fair. Um, assuming that we get to set what's fair and that God can't do what he wants to, assuming that any of us are good before God and that we deserve for God to, uh, for God to draw us into, into perfection and into glory. We feel like it can't be true, things that scriptures would say because of so many, so many other ways, so many other opinions. Uh, we feel like scripture requires too much of me. Uh, the things that it asks, the things that it says I would have to do, what are the things that I want to do? I don't know that I believe it. I, I'm going to doubt then that that's what Scripture really says, that that's really what God wants. Um, or it can't be true because it says that I'm not good, that I don't deserve heaven, that I don't deserve uh, God's love, and, and I want to think that I am. So there's all types of behavior that comes from, comes from our doubts. Um, 
You know, I, I struggle to pray because I doubt that God's, God's doing His work apart from, apart from my busyness. Right? Or we, uh, we struggle to love other people because we, we doubt that God's love for us is enough and feel like we have to manipulate friendships and say the right things and be in the right places to, to, to have the, the desires we, that we want, have the relationships we want. Um, if you have doubts, you have doubts. You should express them. You should ask the questions that are there uh, in your doubts and look into them to bring them to God and ask Him uh, about them, to tell others and talk to them about it. Jesus speaks to those who doubt. Um, we're not those who say, Every, we, we've got it all figured out. We're like Thomas. We're, we're struggling with various different things at all kinds of different levels. And Jesus speaks with those who doubt. And the very doubts that Thomas uh, expresses uh, as Jesus speaks to him, as doubts are expelled. Um, secondly, doubts expelled. Why did Why did Thomas believe? We see why he didn't believe. The The, the other beliefs uh, that he held that, that he said it couldn't be true that Jesus is raised, that Jesus is Lord, or God because of because of these other things. It doesn't make sense. Uh, but why then did did Thomas change uh, his opinion? Um, the short answer is that Jesus showed him the truth. Uh, Jesus was there with him and spoke to him. Um, but I mean, notice, Jesus doesn't give him a lot of uh, clever answers to refute his doubt. Right? Like, your doubt is not actually valid because of all these other arguments and persuasive things. And there's a place for apologetical arguments and, and things like that. But that's not what Jesus did, nor does Jesus say that his, Thomas' doubts were well-founded or correct, or that he shouldn't have believed until now. But Jesus came to him, revealed himself to him as the risen Lord. The true, the true Messiah. If you go to the game on Saturday, you'll find out who wins. Um, and you won't have any doubts after that. Or was a Saturday after that? Hopefully we'll all be cheering. If you go to class on Tuesday or Wednesday, you'll find out if your professor shows up himself and whether or not they take attendance um, or give the pop quiz that they've threatened or whatever it is. Um, or if you become an astronaut and go to the moon, you can look and see if the footprints are there of the, the people before you. Um, Thomas, is, Thomas experiences Jesus. His doubts are expelled because he knows the truth. Very simply, he knows the truth. Look at, look at Thomas's faith, his response uh, to Jesus. My Lord and my God. His, his immediate expression of faith uh, now, exclamation of faith. Uh, Thomas lets go of the empirical beliefs, naturalistic uh, beliefs uh, that, he, that he said, that unless he sees it, doesn't appear that Jesus says, uh, Thomas, do not disbelieve and, be, and believe. And then Thomas goes, all right, uh, if you'd lie down for just a moment, can I poke over here? I'm going to prod over here. Can I feel this? Do you, are you the same person? Do you remember these other things that we talked about? What was it? Um, there with Jesus, all those, all those things are gone. My Lord and my God, I see you for who you are because you've revealed yourself uh, to me. Um, he sees the truth. Um, and that's really the, my Lord and my God, the climactic point in, in John's gospel. He places it here right before his kind of uh, a summary conclusion and then kind of uh, the, and then the things in chapter uh, 21. But it, it goes back, right? Not a... <clears throat> Not only is Jesus Lord, alive from the dead, and Messiah, but he is truly God. The very beginning in John's Gospel, in the beginning was the Word, 
And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And here's Thomas as he sees uh, Jesus there with him, among them, uh, in the room. He doesn't simply say, my Lord, I, I, was, I was wrong, now I see. But my Lord and my God. He sees the fullness of who Jesus is, who he has to be. The, the reality of the gospel hits home for him. Uh, he's a witness to Jesus as, as God in the, in the flesh. It's, you know, my Lord and my God, there's, it's a profession of faith, uh, of allegiance, of submission, and, and following him. Seeing that God himself uh, became man that we might know him. Uh, that he might represent us. Uh, that he might live among us so we would see uh, his glory as the beginning of John's gospel says. The God himself is the one who took our place as a man, dying on the cross, the death uh, that all of us as men, as people, deserve uh, to die, to pay the full penalty of our sin, to cover our shame. God for us. You know, amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, has died for me? Uh, Thomas here gets that. God is man having filled up the penalty. The death couldn't hold him down, but here he is, uh, raised to life eternity, uh, eternally for us as, as ruling king, that Jesus is Lord, uh, that Jesus is God who saves. And this is what is true. Here in the presence of Christ, uh, he sees it. What impact does that have for us? You might feel like if you, you know, if you could have the same experience then, if you could be there uh, with Thomas, only, only then if you could have that same ex- experience, that would assure uh, your faith. Um, but you see in the response here, in Jesus' conversation, and Thomas' uh, response uh, to Christ, um, it's not that Thomas didn't have enough evidence. It's not that it wasn't clear beforehand. It was that he disbelieved, but he wouldn't believe. Because of everything else, because um, that doesn't happen. People don't rise from the dead. I know we want to believe this. Even because I want to believe this, I can't let myself uh, trust in this. It wasn't that he didn't have enough evidence. Um, you know, historically, you know, historically uh, or as a historian, you would, you would affirm, okay, this has happened. Here are these people who have, who have said this. The historical witness of the other apostles is clear. Uh, but more than that, right, he had Jesus' words beforehand. Um, Jesus said something. You can count on it. Uh, all, all God's promises are yes uh, in Christ. As big as they are, as much as we doubt, could that really be true uh, that God could remove all my sin from me? Could it really be true uh, that God can look at me and there's not shame anymore? Could it really be true that in my guilt I can come to God and be clean uh, and be looked on as righteous and loved and that all the all the joys of eternity, God says, are, are yours, stored up in heaven for you. And that his spirit is, is given to, to us in Christ. Oh, can those things really be true for us? Oh, the promises are too big. But all those promises are yes and amen uh, in Christ, uh, uh, Scripture says. <clears throat> wasn't that there wasn't enough, enough evidence. The Scripture all before that proclaiming Jesus' death and resurrection. Um, nor was Thomas' uh, experience... Uh, required for belief, as Jesus puts it after that. Uh, you know, for those who have not seen and yet believe, salvation belongs to them. Well, we don't get to have the same as Thomas. It would be pretty cool. I would, I would love to have you know, been there with Thomas, been there in one of those rooms, or even one of the 500 that are mentioned you know, elsewhere in Scripture. Um, but we, we do get Christ's words even for us in our struggle uh, with doubt. Uh, that we have one like us who is there who said, I will never believe. 
Once I'm there and I can touch it, I will never believe. We have Thomas's witness added to it, who drops all objections uh, in the face of Christ and says, My Lord and my God, the heaven is truth of the gospel. So why shouldn't why should we believe? That's still the question. Why should we believe? And in the face of our struggles, in the face of hard things, other things that, that seem to contradict uh, the, the reality of the gospel, uh, why should we believe that? Um, simple answer. We should, we should believe anything because it's, because it's true. Um, we shouldn't believe anything if it's not true. We can know the gospel is true, that Christ is, is risen from the dead. Uh, whether you want to go from the historical testimony of the, uh, the apostles and others that we have seen the Lord and Thomas included, whether you will take God's word for it, that the God who is the God of truth speaks truth um, and, and presents his truth to us in the person of Christ. Um, the whole Old Testament proclaiming that Jesus is Christ. Even here, in the, the purpose of John's Gospel, he wraps it up for you and says, everything I've written, this is what it's about. Uh, Jesus did many other signs which are not written, but these things are written for this purpose, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, uh, the Son of God, and that you may have life uh, in his name. Uh, Jesus is Lord and God that we, that we worship, that we follow, obey, and even ask uh, for help with our doubts. Uh, bring your doubts before God. Test them. Um, ask Him to show you what is true. God, God knows how to deal with your doubts. Um, yeah, I've, I've often, in conversations with people who are just struggling, say, I don't know if I really believe any of these things, or even if God exists. I try to encourage people to say, okay, well, test it out. Pray, even if your prayer is this, God, if you're real, if you exist, if you hear prayers and answer those things and respond in any way, if that kind of stuff is true, then show me. I don't believe, I don't understand, I, I doubt these things, but if you're real, then, then show me. Um, Jesus knew Thomas's struggle already. He enters the room and responds according to the same things that, uh, that Thomas has said he struggled with and he answers it. Um, Jesus is able to expel your doubts, uh, bring you to faith. Don't deny the possibility that he can do anything about it and so uh, suppress it. Don't pretend that you already believed to fit in and not be shown that you were wrong and, and have those things there, but search, search your doubts. Be honest before God, whether those are big whole gospel issues of did Christ raise from the dead or if it's can Jesus love me, am I forgiven, is God really working here? Does he want me to do what the scripture says? Uh, and see how Jesus speaks, how Jesus gives assurance. And Jesus speaks with a doubting empiricist, uh, with a doubting college student, with a doubting campus minister, uh, with a struggling believer, with the obstinate unbeliever, and the obstinate Christian. Now, uh, the only reason to hide, uh, to hide our doubts is to hide ourselves from God. Uh, but let, let him encourage you in the reality of who he is for you. And that he is a God who is, who cares, who has died to forgive you. Who, who lives to give you life. Who rules to bring you home to glory. These things are written that you may believe. That you may have confidence in believing. And that you may have life in his name. Jesus says not only for Thomas that he's seen and believed, uh, but blessed are those who haven't seen and yet have believed. The blessing of salvation is still for us. 
uh, for us to lean on the gospel of Christ all the more and find it true for us in every moment and with every doubt uh, that he is the Lord, that he is our God. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, we, uh, we struggle to, but we do bring our doubts before you. Um, Lord, we, we often are unsure that you are real and active, that you're doing anything, that, that what happens in our life isn't all up to us, um, or that it's not up to anything, and just a whole bunch of bad things and problems happen, and there's not much that we can deal with that. Um, and Lord, even... For some of us that would say, from your word, we know that's not true. Uh, still, Lord, we struggle to believe it. Uh, Lord, tonight we open our hearts before you, as you can clearly see them and know them already. Um, Lord, you see, see the, the faith that you have built in us, perhaps. You see our lack of faith. You see the one, many ways in which we struggle to trust you. Lord, show us your glory. Uh, show us your glory uh, from your word that our hearts, in our hard, hard things and in our, in our doubts, could exclaim like Thomas, my Lord and my God. Um, Lord, we thank you that you reveal yourself and that you are good. And we pray that you would show yourself uh, to us. And we pray that you would show yourself in this campus. Uh, that you would, uh, that you would uh, speak into many doubts of our hearts and the many doubts of, of others on this campus. Uh, we would see your glory and worship you. Uh, for you truly are God. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.